pressure. So we need some pressure. And Welcome here we go. to the Infinite Creative Podcast. My name is Sean, and my buddy over here is... Fitz. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. We were talking about what we were talking about on this podcast, and we didn't get nowhere. Um, but obviously, we got some topics. We're starting out with um, swinging, actually. We're swinging with Biden because there's a proposal where our gig work... Um, is maybe disappearing, or at least they have like a very interesting proposal. And I'm not really a fan of it, but um, like we don't want to be political, but, but we want to talk about it. So let's jump right into it. So the Biden proposal is basically trying to get um, rid of gig workers, or at least affecting it extremely, because like Uber, Lyft, and all those companies are basically taking advantage of like gig workers, and for some. It's a really bad thing, Amazon in particular. I think like when they do deliveries, they don't have health insurance and they're subcontracted subcontractors or whatever. I don't even know how you would explain it, but basically Amazon does not pay their drivers, even though they're riding in an Amazon car around, what I think is like horrendous. And the conditions are horrendous in general. Um, we could talk about that too. <laughs> they made the news a little bit. But yeah, well, I think this is, uh, I mean, first off, man, what do you think about this? Do you think this is needed? Do you think your Uber driver um, should be an employee and get those nice employee benefits and protections? You know, um, things like disability protection, for example, if he hurts himself all in the job. So, so there's the point now. This is a spectrum. Like there, we have like Amazon, the evil corpor corporation with oh labor unions and all that stuff, and then we have like nice jobs like Uber Eats and whatever. Um, what is not really as nice because it's still like wear and tear on the car, but you can basically choose what you pick up and you choose when you work and what you accept. What I really appreciate. Because like we both are kind of freelancers, and I, I, do you like freelancing more versus like being in the office? What's your spin on that? First off, well, personally, yeah. I mean, I, I, um, I'm in love with the freedom of freelance. So you know, I think a lot of I've had this conversation a lot recently of how you have to trade uh, freedom for safety, and that's kind of what a job is, right? You you lose your freedom, but you get all the safety. You get paid time off. You get um, holiday pay, you get all of these like bonuses, which for me, like some of these things I've never had. I don't know if you've ever had in your career, but I've never had paid time off, for example. Um, yeah. So that is that. also not for every job. Like there's a lot of jobs that have, they say they have benefits, but Hey, they don't schedule you for like, let's say 40 hours. So you actually get your health insurance they only schedule you for 36 hours or 35 hours. Yeah. And so I, I see so many problems with that proposal, like, oh, yeah, gig work, illegal, but 35 hours, yeah, you know, where I'm like, well, so now you're basically bending over all the freelancers, like, yeah, you don't get the health insurance, and you ban all the gig work, and yeah, that could happen, you know what I mean, as a negative outcome. So, so it sounds like you're you're almost not for this, you're not for Biden's proposal, did I, did I hear that correct, or? <sighs> I... So on the one side, I really like it, but it's like sneaky people figure out sneaky things. You know what I mean? Like there, there's always like just how I laid it out right now. If I would like to bend the rules, I would bend them like that. Yeah, sure. We'll bend all the gig workers. I hire part-time people and I don't have to provide anything. And the problem also is like um, the part-time employees are like way cheaper, obviously. 
But if you have a full-time employee uh, versus a gig worker, apparently they're like 25 to 30, 40% more expensive because of all those benefits that you mentioned. So like I get both sides and I'm like, I'm on neither side. I just want the best thing for me. And that is usually like money and freelancing, you know? So you kind of, you can determine your pay basically from project to project where like, I know in the service industry, what I do part-time on the sides, they don't even tell you what you will get when you sign up. So they're, they're just like, oh yeah, you're hired. And they don't even talk about like, what is your hourly, you know? And they're hiding stuff and hiding benefits where it's like, so I don't know if that's a good thing. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. I mean, I think you're, um, you know, I think you're onto something with people with, with jobs that take advantage of employees. Um, I mean, my argument would be that gig, gig workers are taking advantage even more than employees. I mean, um, people like you and I, while we have rights, we, we don't have as many rights as an employee does. Um, like things like getting paid, for example. Um, yeah. If you don't, if you don't invoice correctly, let's say you, you and me have like a vocal agreement on money. I don't pay. You have so much less protections than you would if I was your boss and we had an agreement and I didn't pay. I could go to jail as your boss and not paying you. Whereas um, as you being a contractor, not really. You would have to do, you would have to take all of the work. You would have to take me to court by yourself. You would have to get the lawyer. You would have to do all of it. Where like if I if you were an employee, you'd get all these protections. So on one end, I, I kind of see what you're saying. Like by 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 taking everything and putting it into a company, I I think places like Uber and and these kind of companies are going to be forced to do this. They'll probably play games. They're probably yeah. not going to be very honest with their employees. But I think it'll be probably better than how they're treating these these poor gig workers now because we're all gig workers, right? And it kind of scares yeah. us, right? We're all there. We're like, you know, we're piecing things together. And if one thing falls apart um, financially, we're kind of scrambling, right? Um, so I don't know. I think it's a, it's a good thing. Um, but it's interesting to see that the second that this was announced, um, the stock dropped on Uber. The stock dropped yeah. on Uber on these companies um so what, what do you think I, I about think, that i think like uber I, I don't know what the stats are right now but as far as i know they're not profitable yeah they've actually been on the decline for years for a couple yeah. few years now um it's like kind of funny with the stock market there's like hype projects or how that's how i call them it's basically like it's a stock that is not profitable but would be maybe profitable in the future just like yeah. amazon in the beginning not profitable, just reinvested, reinvested, reinvested more than they have with like projected future income. Um, and they basically then maybe collapse. And I'm like, that could just fall away. Like Uber and the taxi, uh, the taxi companies could make a recession. You know what I mean? So where do you think that comes from? I've actually been kind of interested about that. Like what, where did Uber and, um, what's the other one I keep forgetting, but, um, Uber and Lyft, Lyft. What, 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 what happened to them? Like, why? Why are? Because I've used them a lot this last year. I, I know that they're still around. I mean, like, why is the stock going down? Why are these not? You know, what, what do you think is happening with these companies? Why? Why are they on the decline? I, I while there's obviously the war going on, there's financially um, rent stuff going on. So this year and the last two years were quite interesting maybe that's the reason why people are more hey i shouldn't spend that money you know and it's really hard to motivate now somebody to buy something even though it would be nice to have but do you feel safe about the future like financially like next year you project like oh probably make the same amount or more what is your feeling you make more or less 
feeling wise next year? Uh, next year? Yeah. I think I'm on the up and up. I've had a really bad uh, last year's financial <laughs> year was pretty dang bad. So when you said yeah, yeah, I heard about low, that Mac. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, uh, but yeah, you know, so I would say yeah, I think it's gonna. It's hard to know when you look in your crystal ball, right? Because yeah, because in in a year it's we, a we do a thing, you know? we do a funny episode where we show my my video now. Me like it's gonna be great, and then then it's just chaos and everything's yeah. destroyed. I mean, like I um, you know, I think the what's weird about the economy, and I think like I was really young during two thousand eight, so I wasn't like necessarily like a professional by then. But what was cool to see in two thousand eight was was that even when the world was kind of the economy was falling apart, people still started businesses, stuff still went well. So it almost seems like the world could be ending, but someone will be doing well. So yeah. I, I guess like, so yeah, I guess with that being said, yeah, I'll, I think I think I'll be doing well. I think things like this podcast, I think uh, us diversifying our gigs um, yeah. is a good thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, so to kind of bring it back to, to this, where like this proposal came came through, I think I think it's a I think it's ultimately I think it's a good thing because I think these companies are taking advantage of contractors. I think they really benefit from that and really, you know, so so if you get in a car wreck and you're doing Uber, there's there's a level of them not taking any responsibility. Even if you were on the job, there's there's sorry, yeah. your car's totaled. You now have actually, to I, I think like Uber is not that bad. We should use Amazon as an example because like they were like in the news like. A couple of times now, basically, like with the workers, like, oh, there's a warehouse at fire. Um, you guys still have to pack boxes. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, they're employees, though. So that's what's interesting, too, because in that yeah. land now, they're trying to create um, a, um, oh, my gosh, and I'm going to forget what it's called. But they're trying to, Union. to unionize. There we go. They're trying to create a union. And so yeah. because, you know, that that's an example where, yeah, the employees acting badly. Um you know, because that's what's interesting too. Like, because as as we both know, is when you're in a job, you kind of get trapped a little bit. So, so you don't feel like you even. Some of these people, I think, feel even more helpless. Like those Amazon workers, where they like, I absolutely depend on this job, and there's nothing yeah. else in this town that can pay me as much as Amazon. So, like, you'll do whatever Amazon says because if they fire you, like, what else are you going to get in Topeka, Kansas? Like, what else are you going to get where they have these Amazon warehouses? Um, the, another thing that I thought was, like, kind of interesting when I hear the news, I'm like, okay, what would I do to escape the situation, you know? And my immediate default is side hustle. And I'm like, but they work so many hours. I'm like, it's like they are already, like, to the bone. And it's not like a regular job where you're just like, okay, I'm, I'm putting my 20% of you know, labor in and being like, okay, I'm getting my hours. No, it's just like Amazon is like, oh, your performance is not at 105%. Um, we write you up, you know, and they track everything with AI and they basically grind you down with your um, capacity, basically. And I'm just like, yeah, if you run that for eight or four hours, you you will be mentally not in the same state as somebody like 10 years ago working a regular job, you know, and starting a side hustle on the side with some more time and being a little bit more relaxed you know what i mean well what's interesting and you know and i think if and, and this is just a proposal biden's thing right now but if it becomes a law, it'll be interesting to see like where's the line that you have to you have to get to to qualify right because because what's interesting about this is is these uber drivers get to still make their own schedule but yet they're an employee and that's a weird thing all on its own they yeah that, that would not work schedule, but you're an employee. So that would be the first time this kind of happens. I think that's why this is kind of a big deal, right? Because there's no, there's really no example that I can think of at least where you're a full-time protected employee, but then you also make your own schedule. Yeah, um, but nobody says that you're full-time. 
and that yeah. they make your own schedule. They have to shift their business model, and they basically just become a taxi a taxi company. It's like, okay, we fire yeah. all you guys, but we keep the best drivers, and we give them like a um, regular hourly wage and give them schedule, and they better work that or they get fired. That's how I would do it, you know, because like otherwise it's like. I don't know if it can cover the busy times then, you know, so you just pick the well, best. Well, and... no, they'll make the argument of like, you know, why should we pay for the health insurance of an Uber driver that only drives once a week? Why should we pay for this one guy that barely does his job, right? So it's going to yeah. be interesting to like see like, is it like you have to work a certain amount of hours? I'm guessing that's how it'll probably be if this became a law. Yeah. Like 20 hours minimum and then you become an employee or something like that. Yeah, so that is, that is my problem. That's why I'm assuming like a lot of people get fired and either get hired part-time or full-time. But if they hire full-time, uh, way, 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 way more people getting fired, you know. And if they do like um, part-time and no health insurance and they get the deal basically because it works in other companies – so they would just adapt that because that's the best way to basically run a profitable company is like hiring part-time people so they don't have to pay benefits and just keep it at the right percentage. What is like really sad, but that's the current reality with everything else, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. So, so, so it sounds like you're, you're kind of, yeah, you're, you're cautious about this. It sounds like you're not necessarily excited for, for this to happen. Or, or are you? I, I I literally don't so I literally don't care because like um it only matters for me as a freelancer if I wanna be like um employed or if I wanna um work like always with the same client, you know? Because then it will affect me. Otherwise, um if I would like to expand and hire people, uh, it would make that way more scary. So I think it's a bad thing. Like but on the other side I get where you're coming from, where it's like the if you're in a middle class or higher class jobs where you get vacation, health insurance, that's an awesome thing. But uh, when you come from the service industry, like where I know a bunch of people, it's like it's not that nice, <laughs> you know, because like you know what's going to happen. Because like if it's a like, oh, oh, it's too hot on Jitsi's end, everybody. <laughs> well, 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 you hear it here first. I'm testing my new camera. Well, hello, Quick everybody. Break. The sexiness of this podcast has now doubled. I just. <laughs> um, um, yeah, welcome I to the, camera. the Creative Infinite Sean podcast. I am now your only host. Um, Fitzay has been removed by the algorithm. It didn't like anything you're saying, so I'm going to take over this podcast fully now. So don't even worry. We are not editing any of this out. So anyway, now that I have the floor, I want to actually talk about if some real topics. If you talk too much, then, then I don't have to edit it out. So, <laughs> Oh, man. So for all of you creatives out there, I would say that I actually think that um, Biden's got our back on this a bit. I think um, there's a lot of firms out there that I've seen that love to use creatives and then um, take up all of their time. So let's say, you know, have a creative contractor, um, for 30 to 40 hours a week. And then, um, that person gets no benefits. That person gets no protection. They force that person to, to drive into the office all the time. Um, so I think having some protections is good. I think, yeah, there's gotta be this, like this line in the sand of like, you know, once you, once you do 30 hours at the same place, let's say, or 40 hours, then then maybe that place does need to give you some benefits. 
um, by law. I kind of like that because there's so many companies that play in that whole contractor world. I'm always dealing with it where, where there's these companies that just kind of, they don't want to give you, they want to give you the very so, least amount of Where things. did we stop? And so, oh, I'm still talking. You just interrupted. And so, you know, I think the biggest thing here for me on, on this Biden proposal is that, you know, I think it's a great thing. I think there's so much abuse that that's going to happen going forward. I think the idea of a company is going to change and the contractors are going to change. So thinking about this now is important. I think there's going to be less companies that are your classic brick and mortar in the future. And there's going to be more Ubers and stuff. Even in the creative world, I think design agencies are going to be more design collectives and things like that. So, so the problem is like right now I didn't hear anything because I didn't have the headphones on for the switching camera. All right, and we're back, everybody. Pitsy's back from the podcast. All my all my crap talking about him and his terrible podcasting abilities uh-huh. to stop, and we'll go back to our schedule, <laughs> regular scheduled programming. Yeah. So, so where did we stop? Like you, you, um, you asked me what I thought about it, and I think like um, I'm more on the negative side for the 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 bottom tier of the economy, where it's just mm-hmm. like you know where it's a good thing on the upper end i think that was my summary <laughs> well what is your summary on that or what is your opinion on that besides like i, I mean, think yeah, you're I, mean I kind of just gave it but i'll, I'll give a, a quicker one now um so what i would say is yeah in, in short i think uh companies are going to all becoming uber i think a lot of companies are going to become the ubers of what they do um i think people see that that works really well um, but I think with that being said, with companies changing from brick and mortar, you see it now that there's less and less people yeah. in the offices. Um, I think, yeah, we need to have these protections. I think it's good that Biden's already thinking about this because I think Uber and stuff like that in 10 years is going to be just a more, a, a more popular, um, type of business. So, so I, but, but that will not happen with that proposal because like it makes it nearly impossible. Let's say you come up with a startup. And you have to figure out how to hire those people for a job that doesn't exist. Where Uber was like, okay, we we don't have to hire anybody. People who sign up will make it work. You know, basically you can't you get rid of the ability of like hiring somebody for free. You know, with no promise. You know, because like in the end, when you sign up for Uber, you want to be an Uber driver. If you get a car, uh, if you have a car, and there's maybe somebody picking you up, we can pay you. But when you hire somebody and you have to give them health insurance, we're like, okay, I need 50K for one employee now so I can afford, like, mm-hmm. um, a salary of 30, whatever, you know? Yeah, well, essentially what you're doing is you're mining out the hiring process, which is a pain in the butt thing to do, you know, to, to have interviews, to have people come in, and that's what you're getting rid of. And that saves so much money in any company. So if any company, yeah. you could say, we could eliminate the entire HR department, all of the hiring, um, and people will hire themselves. I mean, I don't know. I could see this working. I mean, I, I already, I don't know if you know, but I, I know of like some creative collectives out there where they're, they're essentially temp agencies that they, they just shoot me jobs all the time, but they're all yeah. small gigs and stuff. Um, I think that's the structure it's going to go forward because you see it a lot where a lot of people just don't hang out at a company anymore. I just think that that idea of a classic company of like brick and mortar, you have employees, I just think that's going to go away. You see it going away now, but but not years, if that proposal it's... gets through, because then you cannot do that. Yes and no. I don't think this proposal is necessarily saying we're done with gig workers, we're done with contractors. I think what it's saying is that 
we're it's it's kind of saying that there's going to be more gig workers there's going to be more contractors so we need to protect these people because there's more and more every day than there ever was so yeah. so when the so when the economy becomes more gig workers than regular workers that means we need to start thinking about the gig workers we need to start giving them some of the protections because if we have a whole gotcha, economy gotcha. made of people with no protections from. yeah yeah well, it's yeah, quite interesting, so you know, like laws can be really interesting because like they can just shake up everything. And sometimes I'm thinking like, for what do we need politicians, you know, and um, do they do anything besides like lobbying and whatever? And then it's like, oh, yeah, they can basically screw up everything. It's, it's wild. <laughs> well, yeah, and they're not supposed to screw it. It's just to make it better. But, you know, another thing in the law world that popped up was um, a Supreme Court case. Um, so now, you know, uh, this week, Supreme Court started to, to kind of, you know, dust off their their tomes of rules and laws that they need to change and, and mess with. And Ooh, in that world, um, news. there's been a, um, you know, so the there's been this argument, you know, and in, in a lot of creatives have seen this year after year after year of, of an art piece coming out and, and it being made in in the likeness of an existing art piece. So in this case, there's a painting of Prince that that looks um, like an existing photo of Prince that was taken by another artist. Um, you know, a lot of you guys may remember out there may remember the Shepard Fairey lawsuit where he used Obama's face for the Hope poster and then got sued by the photographer that took that picture. And so the the time will debate. You know, as we are on here talking about AI and all of this, you know, well, if you change it enough, and that argument, well, the Supreme Court is really looking at that argument now of like, what what is the level that you can protect your artwork and what's feasible? Um, so yeah, so what do you think of this? I mean, is this a scary kind of thing, or do you like <sighs> that this is being heard by the Supreme Court? I mean, like the Supreme Court is just like a bunch of people like you and I. It's just like how it is, you know, and it's really depending. They're not smarter. They just like have different views, you know, but like the politicians, they just affect everything. Um, copyright in general is like kind of painful because like it hinders so much, you know. Rachel is doing like my wife is doing like um, homeschool um, for like to get a special degree of some type. She needs to buy one of those um, books, you know, and the book is like 200 bucks. I'm like, what? And now they're putting codes in there so that you cannot just like share it, you know, and you need that specific code so that you can use like the online thing so that they can force you to pay the $200. And that is like the copyright at its peak, you know, you can build monopolies about like whatever IP you build, you know. What is nice, but it's also like, okay, yeah, we're like gatekeeping. We want to make sure that we can discriminate if you don't have the money where I think the world would be better off with no copyright and only the best surviving kind of sort of like let's say you, you create a song and somebody else makes that song better he deserves all the fame because he made it really nice you maybe came up with it but the population will enjoy his song more because he reiterated it better you know and it would have greater value for the community but with copyrights, you can make sure, like, I made the song, and you're not allowed to do this, or you have to share profits. And also, it's like, it's that weird spectrum. You, you make something nice for one person who invented it, or you make it nice for the population, you know? Because, like, free education would be easier to do if there was no um, copyright, you know? Well, let me ask you this. Um, who painted the Mona Lisa? Well... It was one specific dude, you know, but it's like he inspired a bunch of people and then that basically lead into like, oh, I want to be a 
famous artist and do like some drawings. Now, uh, which artist uh, copied the Mona Lisa uh, famously? I am not sure about that. <laughs> so, so what, what I'm making with that example is that if we have, if we, if we allow everyone to just iterate over and over again, like I come out with a piece of art and then anyone can improve on it, and then if they improve it better, then then screw me. Um, I think that you lose the impact every time. I, I would, I'd actually wouldn't like to be in a world where every single thing is just constantly remixed. I um I love the impact of like the original thing personally. So so I kind of have to push back on that notion of that the yeah. world would love everything being remixed in, into infinity. Um, yeah. I don't know if I'd like that. I I have like favorite songs that if I heard some some other band do it and I didn't like that band, but it's better. The, the community thinks it's better. So now that's the I would be mad. I would be like, no, what? So oh, now, but that is uh, the 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 point though. Every community has a different standard, you know. And sometimes I see like um people um making songs and it's original and i don't like it you know and then i'm like oh there's a metal version you know and i'm vibing to it and i'm like this is cool and i think this should be a thing you know um so that is like where i'm like it copyright can be so annoying you know because like oh now you cannot yeah. play that riff in that same order or you cannot have the same rhythm i'm just like what it does get to a place, I definitely agree, where it's like, you know, uh, music is a good example, because there's on, only so many keys, there's only so many notes, there's only so many damn chords and chord progressions, right? So, like, yeah. so I could go on a piano right now, play five random keys, and I'm sure that that exists in so much music, but you right? you could play 20, somebody did it. Yeah, and we're getting to that level, right? And then with AI art and just this 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 ability for people to make art faster, it's like, yeah, so if like so if I can come up with a hundred pieces of art per day, then I guess I could stake my claim on a hundred pieces of, of things. So that's yeah, so I so I get your argument there of like, you know, we you know I'm not saying like I have the perfect solution. I'm just like saying the more laws there are, the the worse it is. And it basically Kills do you think it's the government's job? Should it be the government's job to make these rules? I think that's an interesting point all in its own, right? Should should artists and creatives, should we be self-governing, or should it be the government tell us what to do? What do you think? On the one side, you need rules, you know, because like, oh, you stole my song, and now I get my buddies, and we're just like, kind of get rid of you, you know? That that would happen <laughs> if you governed it yourself, you know? Like, some people are like, really obsessive, you know? Like, how dare you, you know? And people get yeah. killed over less, and it's like, we yeah. need rules and guidelines, but also like, they are not perfect, and the more rules we have, the worse it gets, kind of, you know what I mean? So I'm you like, really it, yeah, so it's like it's weird, you know, because like um, tax code, you know, for example, a lot mm -hmm. of rules, a lot of things you can and shouldn't do. And it's like, mm -hmm. oh, you know, if it would be simple and easy rules, it would run more efficient. But yeah. Yeah. So so I guess if you were if you were bequeathed the king of the land um, and you had to make a decision on on people copying or not copying art, I guess what would be what would be your decision? What would you think if you had all the power? What would you what would you think? <sighs> This is a tough one because, like, like I said, like you know, as a creative, I want to make a living off my art, you know, and mm -hmm. I completely get where you come from. You put all the time, skill in there, and now you have AI, and it's just like a press of a button, and they're like, oh, it yeah. looks better, you know. But AI did it for free, and it's maybe better. So should we just abolish that tool just because of copyright? Maybe I don't know. 
And I guess in, you brought up in last ep- in the last episode, you brought up a good point of is polished even better, right? I mean, you you said it in that sh- that thing yourself. The human quality can sometimes be even better than the machine quality. So so that's an interesting thing on its own too. Hmm. I. Like I said, personally, I, I wouldn't be able to make the decision correctly because no matter what you do, you will hurt people. Either you say, like, copyright is a good thing, and then you have people putting keys into the books and make you sign up online for, like, a course that you technically don't really need, and, yeah, monetizing, like, their monopoly. And on the other side, is like, if you, if you give it out for free, everybody has the knowledge and can do whatever they want and maybe use it for good, you know, even if they're poor. I think I'm going to know your answer to this already, but I'm going to ask oh, it Oh, I want to hear it. What's your do answer? You, do what, you no, first, what's the question, then the answer? <laughs> That's usually the order. Um, so, uh, are you ever afraid of your stuff being stolen out there? Do you ever wonder? Do you ever, like, think of your stuff that's hanging out there? Do you ever have that fear? Um... Yes and no. Like I had like a YouTube video got stolen when I did a review about my inliners and it performed well. I got like five or 10K views on and I'm like, yeah, this is cool, you know? And then I'm like, found that video, re-uploaded under a different channel and whatever. And I'm just like, it didn't perform well by him and only got like a hundred views. I'm like, this is odd. But I'm like, I took it like as a compliment. But like talking yeah. about my camera stance, I'm like, I would be a little bit upset, you know? Yeah, but I saw exact I, copies, yeah. Yeah, but I'm, like, kind of afraid about it because, like, I know they would come up with a better quality. They would come up with that. And then I compete against everybody else, you know? And I basically don't have an advantage that also keeps me from posting, doing stuff with it. So the fear is there, and it prevents, yeah. Yeah, well, because in the 3D modeling world, it's a lot easier to steal an idea, right? Yeah, everything say? digital is easy to steal, like, or to yeah. reimagine or reiterate or whatever. So, so let's say, like, uh, like I'm some evil guy out there. I'm going to steal your stands. Like, what? how would I go about that, you think? Like, would I, would I, is there, like, is your stands file, like, out there on the internet? Is there something close enough I could grab and change? Or would I just have to recreate it just visually looking at it, or...? Yeah, it's recreating visually or hiring somebody on five for five bucks. Hey, make me this just different. Yeah, and there you are. Yeah. You know, like the system of like doing evil is easy, but that that is like yeah. a problem. It's too easy to reiterate, and it maybe is better. And then mm. I have to compete with that shop and basically like, okay, now I have to make mine better, better. And that's what I'm doing actively. Like, that's why I don't want to sell my 3D prints. I want to sell my neon resin um, shenanigans that I have back there. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, well, and in your case, it's interesting because so so in um, in Creative Commons law, in, in intellectual law, what they, what they, a lot of courts like to look at is, did you sell a product? And if you haven't sold a product, so for anyone out there, if you have an idea, a cool creative idea that you don't want anyone to steal, just know that concepts and ideas can be stolen. They are not protected by law. No concept is protected by law. However, once you design a product and you release a product that someone has spent money on, even if it could be the age-old, like, have your mom spend $1 and have that fee somehow recorded somewhere, mm-hmm. then now that product is now is now protected by copyright law, technically. So so one thing that I would definitely do, if you're out there, if you're fitting, you have this kind of object, and you have this 3D print you've been working on, 
um, sell it quickly to someone. Get something, get some invoice, get someone to buy it, now it's protected. Because before that moment, it's technically not protected because it's not a product. Yeah. So, But on that note, though, like people in general are very nice. But then the people that are out there abusing the system, they're like evil people. <laughs> so I was like, it, it's... It's sometimes surprising how shameless some people can be with like stealing stuff. You know what I mean? And oh, they don't yeah. even bother. It was like, oh yeah, whatever. I'm just yeah running a profit. And then they're like, oh, why do I get banned from Etsy, Facebook, YouTube, whatever? Sorry, yeah. too much. Yeah, no, and it's totally no, no. You're right. I mean, that's 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 it's all over the place. There's people because there is there's those. There's those people that aren't even creatives, and that's the people that I, I hate to see, is the people that are, are just coming into to the creative world and just staking their claim and being like, I can do better at business than all these creative people, and, and that's, that's it's gross. It's I see it too. I see people taking ideas all the time. Um, yeah. But on the one side, it's like kind of like how I mentioned, like, oh, now I have to make it better to compete with the market. So it is a positive thing for the economy, kind of sort of, you know, like I have to do the research and development and I have to actively do it. Where if I have a 100% monopoly, I can have a shitty idea and monetize it, make most of the money. Somebody could be out there having the, the product better and more efficient, cheaper to make and whatever. And it would be good for the economy, would save materials and whatever. But nope, not allowed because no copyright, you know. Uh, he does not have the copyright. Yeah, so it's like it's a weird balance, you know, to everything. Yeah, and, and in a way, it's like a class battle too, really, right? Because if I if I'm rich, I can buy a, a nice three D printer. Therefore, I can come out three D printers while a poor person's behind me. As someone that can't afford it now, but maybe later, well, well, I'm five ten years ahead of that guy. So it's an interesting. It's another class divide of like if you can afford the technology and stuff before the poor people then you can stake your claims before the poor people even get a chance to stake their claims. Yeah. So, so, so that's, it's an interesting thing there too, right? Because 3d printers, while they're getting cheap, they're not like for lower class people. They're like at least middle class type of thing. Like, what do you, you think know, a 3d printer cost? Um, I saw one the other day that was insanely cheap. There was like a hundred dollar, $120 one, but I think that stuff's suspicious yep. to me because every 3d printer guy that I know, like you has had to have all these parts that they've had to print and like, you know, all of your guys' stuff you've had to fix yourself. So when I see a $120 printer, I'm like, Oh, I probably just have to print all of its own parts the entire time I have it. Yeah. So, but, but that is what, what I kind of use. I use a $200 printer and it paid more than for itself, you know, and then I bought another one. Um, if you buy a second printer, buy the same printer again. So you have re reliability mm. and redundancy. What is very nice to have in business. Because like with cameras, in the beginning when I did YouTube, I bought a bunch of different cameras just to, oh, now I can make a review about the camera because it's different than the one that I have. Yeah. And then now I'm like getting hired for a gig and now the, the footage is not matching because like different color styles and whatever. And it's like, it's better to have like same brand everything. Even though the brand is maybe not the best, what is like yeah, interesting concept? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, and that's that's we we've talked about that in past episodes. That's all on purpose too, I'm sure. Of like, you know, yeah, brands don't like to talk to each other, and so yeah. it's interesting. Um, I think. So yes, yeah, so, I mean, I guess if you were to look into your crystal globe on like this whole this whole conversation about changing enough and it's yours, where where do you see this going? I mean, do you see there being like a future? Um, like 
Armageddon of creativity like that this hits where it's like we it's too little too late or do you think that this that that like we're on a we're on a precipice of of losing our ego not being so attached to things being awesome for us but being awesome for the community do you think that we're on the precipice of something like that i think like it's a pendle you know if you go too much in that one direction with too many rules too many laws um, it would be very painful to live in that society, you know, and especially if all laws get enforced and whatever. And I think like the average person or something, there was a statistic out there in America breaks like 300 laws every day and you don't even know them. And it's, it's yeah. like that complicated already. Like if they would get enforced, you would be arrested no matter what. Because like there's things you're like you're doing wrong that you didn't know are a thing because you're not in that environment or you're... You, doesn't really matter. Too many laws, you know. But on the other side, um, if there's no laws and we just do everything for the community, it would be really good. But also, it would be just like I don't know. It w it would be not very sustainable. Yeah, because like it wouldn't go anywhere. So you, on the one side, it's like all hippie. The other one is all too structured and no nothing is creative. Right. Okay. Okay. So. Okay, I think that makes sense. I mean, I think, um, yeah, it's 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 hard to say, right? It's just hard to say what what's going to yeah. happen with it. But I think I, you know, it's, what's interesting to me is seeing the music industry and seeing how um, music itself is having the exact same thing happen, right? You see it all all the time with stock uh, stock music sounding similar to songs that exist already, but it's different yeah. enough, and. I don't know, and then I don't know. It's 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 interesting, right? I I think like we we all just have to be prepared, though. I I mean, like if you were to like talk to a young creative about this, about protecting their work, about not protecting their work. I mean, what would what would be your advice? I mean, to like a young creative, like reading all these things. It, well, what was the the the, the art of war or the the war of art, yeah, whatever you know? Like there's like two books. The one is about actively war, and the other one is about like the war within yourself to create art. But mm -hmm. um, there's like you should learn from a lot of artists, you know, copy their style and evolve your own style out of like all the combinedness. What is just like with mm -hmm. copyright that should be not allowed, you know, in the extremist form. But I think like if you're like a young creative, whatever you do, just copy what you like and make your own style out of it and when you blow up like let's say you make that song and you get the 100 million views or whatever you maybe get sued but that won't be maybe the capital uh the, the, the jumping pad to the new career and you can evolve from that because like nobody will sue you for like oh you copied that song because like it sounds like that but you're tiny you don't make any money they they only sue because like oh now I can make money off my copyright, kind of sort of situation. Yeah, so like yeah. in the beginning it doesn't matter. The more it, the bigger you become, the more it matters because like you if you steal stuff in the beginning, it just builds a shitty foundation, you know. And then like let's say you grow and you have that career, everything is stolen. You will still mm -hmm. steal when you're like up there, and then it will be not sustainable. But if you have like a healthy iteration, yeah. You can build. Well, yeah, I think it's. I think it's a good. That's a good way to look at it. I think it's. Um, you know, it's that famous quote from Pablo Picasso of um, "Good artists take, bad artists steal." And I think yeah. there is something to that, right? Like we all take ideas. We all. 
it's not like you know we we invented the things that we do now you had to watch someone and be like that's neat i want to do something just like that so yeah so there there is something to that process that we've all done every single person has has taken something right yeah, yeah. We, we've all and taken. i mean that's how we learn exactly like... so but then there's stealing and i think i think yeah it's, it's just about us like kind of making sure that we're good about separating that right so yeah taking someone's thing and changing it with literally the goal to not improve it, but to just take it, that's stealing. I think that's then yeah. just stealing. Um, but to be like, hey, here's these stands. I could do it better than this guy, but I'm going to use his as a jumping off point. Now that's taking. Now that's like you're improving it. Um, yeah. I'm also a fan uh, more and more. I, I, You know, when I was a young creative, when I first came out of college, I was like really competitive with people. I would get like so competitive just, just being in a room with you. Like I would just meet you and immediately be like, you and me are gonna have to fight. Like, I better get ready for this <laughs> this this fight to the death somehow. And I I used to be like that, and um, it's taken me a long time in this career to to realize that like you know all 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 ships um, float when we when we get better. So if Bitsa is doing better, I'm gonna do better. If other designers are doing better, I'm gonna do better. It's gonna push the the industry to a good spot. Yeah. So. So, but yeah, on that note, mind. though, like competition is nice too. Like you can have a healthy mindset, and it's like, oh, Sean is doing good stuff, you know, and I'm buddies with Sean, but I still can compete with you. Like you know, like yeah. oh, you put that out there, now I have to put something out there. You know, like I see that with my video buddies all the time. They're like they posted a video, and I want them to do good, but now I need to post something too. Well, who can post more? Kind of, you know, mm -hmm. what is like healthy and unhealthy at the same time. <laughs> Yeah, well, I guess yeah. Let's uh, let's segue into a topic that I just thought of this moment. Um, <laughs> so uh, you know how so how do you help other creative friends in in that regard? How do you how do you help? Um, you know, I mean, in terms of like, do you do you think it's good to like to to critique your friends' work um, critically and stuff like that? Do you think it's good to to kind of push them in that in that world? You know. Um, Sorry, I'm trying to like form my actual question here. No, I, I mean, I, I exactly know what you're trying to say. Like, should you basically shit all over their work or should you not? <laughs> because like on the one side, you know, like as a videographer, everybody's like, whoa, you, you see everything and you saw beautiful stuff, you know, like the standard is so high. So no matter what video I see, I'm like, oh, I would have changed that. I would have made that clip a little bit short or whatever, you know, like I can critique my stuff and I know when I'm like, oh. I still did it that way and I should have done it differently, but obviously situational, this is the best word I could do at the moment because of whatever excuse, you know, and everybody thinks that, you know, and I, I think like it's good to critique when people ask for a critique, you know what I mean? Because there's like things where I'm like, oh, I would like to get critiqued on my, how I speak, you know, it's like sometimes when I'm like speaking too many meme phrases and it's like, Thinking in memes, speaking in memes is bad because like it's it's very relatable, kind of you know, like he needs some milk, misses a couple syllables, you know what I mean, and a couple binding words. But it's mm -hmm. like, oh, I use it because it's funny, but now my speech is deteriorating, so I have to actively <laughs> think about that, and that's it's a, a real problem for me. Like my grammar got worse with the internet. Because of that, because like I have those memes in my head, I like saying certain phrases. Um, he okay, you know, instead of like, is he okay, and stuff like that. Yeah. So I think like critique is needed, and people 
can deal with it, and some people can't deal with it. It's really depending to who you speak. I personally like to be critiqued because it pushes me like into a mode where I'm like, oh, now I know what I can attack. And if I can't erase just like one thing that I make constantly wrong, you know, in the beginning I had like a situation where I said instead of like sweet, I typed sweat. And I always typed, instead of like, hey, that's sweet, mm -hmm. I typed in that sweat and it is a bad thing. After I learned that, it's never happened again. Yeah. So same with my work creatively. I like learning things and some mm -hmm. things I choose to adapt and some things I don't choose to adapt. But then it's a conscious decision. Well, it's hard to give feedback, right? Just like it's hard to sometimes get feedback. It's so interesting. Even I find myself resistant to feedback sometimes. You know, you, you would think that like if, if, if anyone watching knew how much and how intense some of my feedback has been against me, you you'd be like, why would you even be weird with feedback now you've already been through boot camp really um yeah. but even i to this day um sometimes will find myself what's really funny is like i and i know that you've had you've had this experience too i think a lot of young the younger the creative you are i think the more you experience this until you get kind of uh, a hard shit uh, hard skin on you um is that you you so like you get this kind of offended feeling at first right like so so you show me oh, a new video you're really excited about it and and I and you send it to me and I'm just like, dude, you know that how dare you? Your color grading's kind of crappy. I mean, I'm sorry yeah. to say this whole video like it's a good video, but it's this 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 thing really sucks. Yeah. A lot of people and I know I feel it. Maybe you don't feel this, which is awesome if you don't. But feel at least that initial like the defensiveness that like how yeah. dare you like. But but if you can move past that and be like, you know what, um, this person does care about me. They care about my art and my craft. You can start to be like, okay, all right, maybe there's some truth to this. Um, yeah. you know, and then later that night at 3 a.m., your eyes dart open and you're like, oh my God, he's right. Oh my God. <laughs> but I, I think like I learned from Rachel, it's called the sandwich tactic, you know, say something nice, say something, what you mean? And then say something nice again to just packages better. And mm -hmm. as a German, we don't really do that. We just like, Hey, I think this should be this way. And I'm like, I'm very ruthless and pragmatic. What is bad? So I really have to practice certain things and I'm like for me it's really hard because like I don't mean a bad if I give critique or I say something then I mean it just like with the best you know thing but like you said if you say it the wrong way you get that bitterness that feeling and it prohibits change you know and not all change needs to be done it has to be like an active decision like hey I, I stand with this or I don't stand with that but at least I need to know like hey that person maybe thinks different yeah, and what I find a lot is um, asking questions seems to take down armor, right? So so if you color graded something weird, instead of me coming in and being like, this color grading sucks, being like, well, why did you choose this color grading? Like, tell me your process. And, yeah. and then starting to, because uh, I like to do that a lot, where they kind of come up with their own answer of like, oh, you're right. I didn't really think of the color grading. Or, well, I didn't really think about it that much. I'm like, oh, well, there, there you go. You know, so it's it's asking the questions, too, I find, because then you're empathetic. Now I'm listening. I'm not telling you you need to be better. I'm like, no, tell me. Like, why why do you think you suck? <laughs> and then, you know, we'll, we'll work back for, backwards from there. But it's interesting because that, that's, that's one of my telltale signs of someone that's an amateur creative versus a seasoned creative. Can I give you feedback? And what does your face look like when I give you feedback? Does it look like I literally just called your mom a dog? Or does it look like I just saved your life? Like, you know, yeah. um... You know, for me, it's like I am pretty grateful when someone's like, hey, uh, just so you know, like this isn't how websites are done or this thing isn't done this way. 
Um, like I said, I, I too will sometimes feel that kind of like defensiveness at first, but, but I always have to like remind myself that like, um, people don't have to tell you things. They don't, no, no one has to tell you your stuff sucks. No one, yeah. I, I tell a lot of clients this when they're like, well, what's the importance of a brand? What's the importance of a logo? No one's ever going to say they're not going to buy my product because of a logo. And I'm like, you're exactly right. They're just not going to buy your product. No one will ever tell you your branding sucks. They're just not going to Yeah, or they don't you. know. Like sometimes, in most cases, people do stuff without knowing why they do stuff. Yeah. Like that's like when you have a click funnel, for example. Oh, I bought something and it was so easy to check out because like it was just there and I accidentally bought it in under five seconds. But if that process was had taken ten seconds and the button looked like kind of weird and that kind of disturbed me, I'm like, oh, now I'm like, why is that button look so weird? It looks cheap. I'm like, should I buy from that side? Is that side a scam? You know, stuff like that matters. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and it's, sorry, everyone, if you hear a train in the background. I did. Do you have a train? Around. Yeah, I have a train nearby. Um, <laughs> I usually close the window, but not today. So, yeah, yeah. So, yeah so, I mean, it's uh, it's interesting because so, the whole feedback thing um, is, is just because cause what's cool about the feedback, because talking about the beginning of this, we were talking about people stealing stuff. It's I think it's it's so, so much of a better move to like to like give feedback to that person. I mean, so like, let's use a random example. Let's say, um, yeah, let's say I, I find a guy on Etsy who's made like a hat stand that I really like. And, um, and let's say instead of just copying his idea and stealing it, I'm like, well, actually there's a way to improve this. Why don't you reach out to that guy and tell him like, Hey man, I have some ideas to improve this. Can I help you work together? Cause I mean, who knows that connection you just made It'll take a lot less time for you to give a guy an idea than for you to steal the idea and to do it. So it's like, I, I would almost challenge, like, if you have a great idea, reach out to someone and give them an idea. Be like, here's a gift. Here's a gift on a platter. Can we be friends? Yeah. Because that's a pretty kingly gift to get from the very beginning. To be like, I have it an idea. Is a weird, take it's it. a weird balancing act. You have to be really, really good with, like, hey, <laughs> With like building that sandwich and building that, have you ever thought about why your headstand is actually like this way? And you know, and it's like yeah. you you don't know where you will get with that um, weird sandwich that you have to build to get into that position because you have to say mm -hmm. a lot of nice things to get access to uh, to something, you know, to build a partnership. So I, I kind of see where you going towards i'm like yeah that would work and that would be a possibility but on the one side like being forced into research is like kind of nice too you know because like hey this one stand sells better because it's round and i like that design you know then you're like oh i need to improve mine and then it becomes that competition mm -hmm. but it's like it's a balancing act on both sides i, I like where you're going yeah, well, it's interesting, too, because it's like, I don't know, I also like just, like, starting conversations, too. So even feedback doesn't necessarily need to be, like, do this thing better. It could be like, hey, man, this kind of reminds me of something else. Do you know this artist? And you're like, no, I didn't know this artist. Oh, well, he does something similar. Let me show you. Yeah. And that stuff I like, too. I really do like that. That happens a lot with my paintings, for example, where they're like, your paintings make me think of this painter. And it's like, I'm like, oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. definitely let me know, because it helps me to know what's going on, too. Yeah. I mean, there's no right or wrong way, I think, like, no matter, as long as you're, like, keeping improving. The problem with critique is, like, people just ignore it. They get offended and ignore it, kind of. And people don't like really changing. So it's, like, really hard to make a person change unless there's some physical pain. Because, like, why should I redesign it, something if it kind of works? You know what I mean? But, like, um, 
a 5% or a 2% increase in like sales would be nice and measurable and but you would not notice it immediately maybe yeah and sometimes it's not even sales sometimes I'll um this hasn't happened in a while where I'll look at something and I'll I'll actually ask them did you enjoy making this and they'll yeah. kind of catch people off guard they'll be like well not really I kind of had a hard time making it I didn't know this and and sometimes the feedback there is like, well, let's find out how we make this something you like. You know, there's been a few times I've done that. I've been like, yeah. well, okay, you don't like this thing you're showing me, but what do you like? What is there something you're proud of? Is there something out there? And like, let me help you. How do we get this to there then? Um, yeah. So not all feedback is like, this can be better so we can, we can make more money or this can work better. Sometimes it's, it's simply like, I get it. You're trying to figure out. You're in that muddy water. Let me try to help you here. Like, you know, you're trying to figure it out, um, yeah. which is so helpful. I mean, like, you know, the first time I picked up Blender, even having people like you that were just kind of giving me advice from the fringes is so helpful when you're, like, in a new world and you're trying to figure it out. So, yeah. So it's interesting. So it's like, you know, this episode we kind of talked about, you know... You know the the protections that could that could happen for us as creatives. You know, and and how like the world is getting a little bit more stringent and crazy with with how we treat creativity. Yeah, but we can still be helpful, right? It sounds like you know it comes back to that community of like it's kind it, of how, back... how how you can see it. No pain, no gain. You know, like no no nobody stealing, no gain on research and development or survival of the fittest. You know. You can see it in those extremes, but you also can see it in those like healthy ways, where it's like we need a little bit, but not too much competition. You know, like yeah. that—that's how I see it. Like it's a little bit like I'm a little bit more on the aggressive side on that, where I'm yeah. like, you need to fail often, and the more often you can fail, the better, because then you get more mm -hmm. process, more knowledge, and whatever. Where it's like, okay, let me polish this and take some time, make it really nice, and then maybe don't make it, or maybe I make it, but I don't know how many, you know iterations I will get through yeah 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 so I mean it's just yeah it's, it's an interesting world we live in where you can either help you can hurt you can steal you can you can improve I so mean so many ways <laughs> you get you have kind of more options now than ever to do so many different things I mean um, if we were in the 17 1600s and we wanted to copy da Vinci that would be pretty hard we're now to copy a da Vinci as we've shown on mid journey and stuff is not impossible yeah. so so we live in a weird time where, like, you kind of, um, you're more God than ever before. You can you can choose what gets destroyed and what gets improved, and that's both amazing and terrifying. So it's interesting to see that the government's trying to come up with laws to 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 kind of come up with some structure, but um, but it all comes back to we we can't forget as creatives to help each other, um, to yeah, give feedback to to not steal. To maybe take, maybe improve, but do not do not steal. Don't don't hurt each yeah. other. It comes back to you. So it all these creatives, we have to work together. Because now there's there's people too that aren't creatives that are in our world stealing too. So we have to we have to help each other. Yeah, like we're all a community, and if you don't build a community, it's it's a bad thing. But on that note, my cat just brought in a lizard, and I think we have to kind of uh, make this like a quick one now because like I want to save that lizard to don't be a cruel part of this world. And yeah. Those Any cat final... interruptions, man. Those cat interruptions. They're almost I know. Isn't it a rough now. one we're today? Have to, we're going to have to give him a camera here in a second. Yeah. 
Um, but cool, man. Well, it's been a good talk. The next uh, next episode is going to be a live one, so everybody get ready for that. So excited for that, actually, because like we're gonna be here. We're gonna sit there, and we're gonna basically sit in our chair and be like, "Hey, Sean, what's going on? Um, nothing." And yeah, we'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> so we're just gonna hang out and stare at each other for a whole hour. It's gonna oh yeah, be awkward silence. This will be great. And then and like Fitzy, why is the camera running out of battery juice? And I'm like, and stay tuned soon, everybody. So we didn't we didn't do our call to action, but like and subscribe, and then also stay tuned. We're we're talking about starting a Patreon or something very soon. So Only fans stay with tuned. Sean. OnlyFans is later. We're really building up the content there. It's been hard. The photographer's kind of, you know, been hard to work with. So um, yeah, we're doing mostly mid-journey <laughs> nudes on there, mostly AI-generated nudes at the moment. But um, but anyway, you got to get that size longer somehow, you know. Otherwise, it doesn't really work. <laughs> but so stay tuned for all of that and more. There will be there will be so many paywalls for you to pay. It's going to be ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it's been a fun talk, man, and uh, I guess we will we will see each other in face next time. But for everyone yeah, at home, sweet. See you guys. Be crazy. Nice. Oh. Well